Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Men's Advocate Show. You're on with me, your host, Linda Gross. I am all in and ready for today's topic. Today's topic, we're going to talk about sex, toys, and tips with my guest, Emmy Sims. Um, And we're going to get right into that in just a moment. If you happen to have missed last week's show, uh, last week's show was called No Sex, No Women, no more. Part two. Part one, by the way, aired on uh, June 22nd of this year. Part two, we were talking about, are you going out of your way to avoid women? Uh, last time we discussed um, how men are going out of their way, mean, namely because they're watching too many video game, playing too many video games and watching too much porn. On last week's edition, we got into the reasons of how women are too occupied for you too busy to have sex they're snapchatting they're instagramming they're taking selfies they're doing pokemon go they're you know watching the kim k app whatever they're doing they're busy on their social media and they don't have time for you either so this great divide between the sexes where is it all to end so don't want to miss that show if you happen to have missed it um, you can reach this show as well as any and all of the shows that are in my archive so easy to do all you have to do is go to google soundcloud the men's advocate show google soundcloud the men's advocate advocate show and you can reach this archive okay all right. Um, Brett, we have my uh, guest on the line now. Is that correct? Okay, awesome. All right. So let's get into today's topic. We're going to be talking about sex toys and tips with my guest, Emmy Sims. Um, she is the author of a book called A Little Bit of Pleasure, A Little Bit of Pleasure. And you can check out her book right from my Facebook fan page. Just click on it. You can peruse it and purchase her book. She's a sex expert. Um, um, by the way, if you haven't done so already, log on to my Facebook fan page. Same name as the show, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. That's The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. And up in the uh, upper part of the page, right where the banner is, click Like Page. Click it again a second time to allow notifications, and you'll receive a notification once a week with regard to the topic who the guests are, and any and all uh, links and referrals that I have, um, they'll all be posted here on this fan page. So today's topic, um, do you have a gripe about your woman and sex? Why can't she have sex without a relationship? Does she really want it as much as you? Why can't she tell you what she wants? Why does she lie about her orgasm? Does she like having sex with you or is she just lying to get what she wants? Why does she treat the kids better than you? All this and more. We're going to cover these topics today. Um, my men keep saying these are questions and topics that keep coming up again and again and hold so true for men. Why does it have to be this tough? Welcome, Emmy, to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited. I'm I like very excited to have you here. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, why you wanted to uh, write this book. Um, tell us a little bit about your book. Well, my book is, is written primarily for women because uh, in America, probably 75% of the women aren't enjoying sex. 50% aren't having climaxes. Uh, they're too tired too much work, too much going on. Uh, now, now with Pokemon, there may be another whole new segment. And <laughs> yeah, 100 million things, downloads of Pokemon. I, <laughs> I mean, can you just imagine that? It's so ridiculous. I mean, they. I think it's not just the women either. It's like both sex are like totally preoccupied with something other than each other. I hope it's a fad. Yeah. But I think a lot of things goes on in a woman's body. Is it um, some are afraid to ask the questions to get the information from the Internet, and sometimes it's not reliable, and they don't feel comfortable talking to the doctor. And in, in my personal experience, a lot of doctors don't know what's going on with women's bodies. There's more research spent on men's 
sexual health than there is on women. I mean, that's, that's a bona fide fact. So they really don't have any place to go. So I've done a lot of research, done a lot of reading, personal experience to help them through this. And they can always reach me and, and ask me questions. So that's really what prompted the book. And it's kind of like written with humor. So I hope not to offend or put anybody off, but to know that there's other people out there that are going through what they are. Right. So even though your book is written for women, let's try to see if we can flip that switch and advise what it is you know and what's what you've experienced with regard to writing your book and uh, flip it the other direction to where how can men learn about what's going on with a woman and that will answer some questions as to why she's really just not that into it. So uh, one thing that you mentioned was... They're not getting pleasured. So if I could have a dollar for every time I hear a guy say, oh, women like sex just as much as we do, probably the number one reason why we don't is because we are not getting pleasured. So I don't know if that's our fault because we're lying about orgasms or it's the, the guy's fault that he thinks he knows what he's doing, but really he doesn't know what he's doing. What's your take on that? Well, I think there's a perception across the board that men can fix cars, change light bulbs, and be great lovers. I mean, that's the thing that <laughs> it's on TV. They need that for their ego, that they have yes. to be all-knowing, right? Yes, they do. And we, we perpetuate that. I mean, the stuff in the movies where a guy throws her up against a, a locker, they don't show you that the locker thing is in her back and she's crippled for life, and they're having great sex. And she screams and carries on, and it just doesn't work that way. So yeah. I don't know if women, I do know, women are scared to ask for what they want. And their their fear comes from rejection, I'll be laughed at, and I, Belittled. I find men really want to please their women. They truly do. Yeah. But if they, if, they have, if they have intercourse and it's satisfactory for the guy and she says, oh, it was just great, then... Why would he do anything different? Right. And I think that communication is probably the best aphrodisiac you can. And it's sitting across the table with a glass of wine, not necessarily in the heat of passion when it doesn't work. To be able to communicate as openly about sex as you could talk about should we go to Chili's for dinner or do you want to go to Applebee's? Right. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when guys say, why doesn't the woman just tell me what she wants? Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's so much more complicated than that. My simple it answer is. to that is they just flat out don't know. They don't know their own body, let alone be able to know it that much to where they can communicate what it is they want. They Absolutely. know it. When they see it, they know it when they feel it. But to just ask a woman, well, what do you want? I don't know. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's a big conundrum. I, I Probably the best way for her to give you an answer on that is for her to know her own body. And you can do that in one of two ways. You can be physically fit and go to the gym because that gets you more in touch with your body and what feels good and what makes, you know, your heart race, what makes the endorphins dump the endorphins are the feel-good hormones, which Absolutely. also happen during sex. Or the other way is to for her to get physical with her parts. In other words, to, you know, men masturbate, you know, probably one, two, five times a day. It's natural and normal for a guy to masturbate. I don't think women do it anywhere near as much, maybe once a month, if that. And that's just not going to get the job done because you don't know what that makes it work. So how are you possibly going to communicate that to your guy? Well, I think, uh, I think you really hit a, a pivotal point there. We, again, we are taught that we shouldn't touch our bodies. Right. Not so for the guys. So I, there's a part of my book about there's two chapters on masturbation, and I think that it needs to be explored and, it's, it, and to just take a look at it for I mean, I can't tell you, Linda, the women that I've spoken to that don't even know what it looks like. So how is a man going to 
appreciated if she can't even appreciate. So I, I strongly recommend and teach how to appreciate their body. And then once they know, they can pass on that information. That's good once advice. They can do and that, another th- I, another thing that you said that I really liked is don't do it in the middle of a sex act. It's too much pressure. Do it over coffee. Do it, you know, in another room at another time, and that way she is not, you know, burdened with, okay, the pressure's on me to give you an answer. Um, You know, try to do it in a non-sexual setting. I think that will relieve some of the pressure. Yes, go out to dinner so you're in a public place so you don't uh, faint. (laughs) It's just... Just take all the obstacles out because we, we, both sexes, they have a hard time talking about it. And yeah. that goes back forever. But that's, that's how I would handle that with the uh, gripe about woman and not getting enough sex and not having sex. She doesn't even know what she wants half the time. Right. I agree with you on that. By the way, if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show. Um, You're on with me, your host, Linda Gross, and we're on with Emmy Sims, who is my guest today, my sex expert guest today. Do call us at 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. We'll catch you right back after the break for your questions. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today, we're on with my sex expert, my guest, Emmy Sims, who's the author of A Little Bit of Pleasure. Uh, Men have asked Emmy questions, seeking answers on how to get more sex from their women and generally how to make them happier. For 40 years, Emmy has been talking sex and all things related to sex. So if you want to ask a question or have a comment, call us at 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. Now, let's take a call from Boston. Uh, John, welcome to our show. Hey, Linda. What's going on? How are you doing today? So, uh, I'm yeah, doing well, awesome. How are you? Yes, I'm very good. I, I have a comment, and I think you guys made a good point in your last segment. You were talking about how men can fix cars, and men can this, and men can fix things around the house. 
But yeah. uh, unfortunately, with women, like you were saying, they really don't know what they want. And I think uh, with men in general, like what works for one man will work for a thousand men. And what, right. what works for one woman <laughs> might not even work for that same woman the next day. Absolutely. You know? So it's like you, you have to take each woman uh, differently and you have to take each sexual situation differently. Because what turns a woman on and brings her orgasm on, like, Monday may not do the same thing on Wednesday. And I think men need to kind of get out of that uh, mindset when they're going in, into having sex and pleasing their woman. You know, it, it all depends on what she's feeling that day. Some days she wants to be romance, she wants to take her time, and then other days maybe she's just in the mood for a quickie. And, you know, she may or may not even realize that herself. That is so true. That is, true. that is such a good comment. Some when I was posting this uh, segment on my Facebook, I had a guy send a picture, and the picture had the upper picture had here is a picture of men, and it just had one singular off and on lever, like you know an <laughs> off and on switch, yeah. up or down, on or off. That's it. That's all you got to figure it out. Figure yeah. out and. And then the women had a switch, a dial, a knob, a, you know, a graph of this, a, this light bulb is working, that light bulb is not working. And I said, you know what? The second picture doesn't even begin to describe it because just when you think you've figured out all 20 of those dials, what she didn't tell you is that there's a mainframe machine behind yeah. this machine that might be running the machine that is apparent to you. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. it's, it's all a big uh, <laughs> crazy maze of uh, dials and blinking buttons. And, and also to, to the, the fact of communicating, like you're saying, don't communicate during the act, communicate outside the act. I think yeah. very often, too, um, from the woman's perspective, they don't want to really communicate to you what the fantasy is. They want you to just kind of do it because once they've communicated what the fantasy is, all of a sudden the whole spontaneity is taken out of it. You know what I, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's It would almost true. be better, better off if the men could just read their minds and just kind of make it happen and, and just the idea that they're not expecting it rather than going in like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in with a poet shirt and I'm going to ride in on a white horse and I'm going to throw you up. You know, if it's all planned out, I think that has a tendency to turn some women off. They would much rather... Uh, it, it'd be completely spontaneous and completely out of the blue, and they're not expecting it, and it just happens. And but and I think that's probably one of the most difficult things about getting out of getting uh, uh, to know a woman's fantasy uh, out of the woman. I think that, that that's a very a that's point. a very good comment. I'll let Emmy. I'll be with you in just one second. That's a very good comment. First of all, guys are really not good at you know second guessing her or you know guessing games or clues or hints or any of that kind of stuff. But no, the other no. part that you said, the fantasy part, that is so critical, and that's a point that I really want to drive home for guys. Most of the sex act is a physical endeavor. For mm -hmm. girls, I would say it is not. It's probably 50% what you do physically, and the whole remaining other 50% is how you're stimulating her mind, like what's happening between her ears, and how are you bringing that fantasy aspect out. Right. Absolutely. That is the biggest sex organ in a woman, her brain. Emmy, did you have a further comment to John about well, I this, think, this area? I think fantasies could be a tremendous amount of fun. But it starts with communication and uh, dress up and play acting and all of those things, uh, I think, can be a tremendous amount of fun and a tremendous turn on because I think men and women do have fantasies. I know women do. And I think men, my experience is they like to play along. Again, that goes back to what I believe is that men genuinely would like to please their woman. But communication I, is the biggest tool. I think they would like to please their woman. I, I think they would, you know, it makes them feel big and strong and powerful. What guy wouldn't want to do that? With regard to dress up, I think dress up is really for the guy. I, I don't think a lot of girls get into that. So when, when I give advice to, to women, what I say is try to think of your dirtiest, filthiest thought ever. Some kind of taboo that you would never do. 
play act in your own mind. It's not about the clothing she's wearing. It's more about what's going on between her ears. So if something is absolutely taboo to her in her own mind, maybe it's her upbringing or her religious background or whatever it is that's preventing her from doing this in real life, guess what? You can imagine that thought for a few seconds, and that might be what it's going to take to flip on the switch to give you an orgasm. That's true. So I think it's less about the clothes. The clothes are for the guy. As I said, the guy is like more the visual person. So if he wants to have you dress up like a French maid, it's really for him, not for her. Yeah, but, but don't women uh, find, like, uh, firefighters and, and things of that such kind of oh, attractive absolutely. as well? I, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily all men. I think women like the costuming, too. Uh, that's been my experience, John, uh, especially when it comes to cops firefighters, um, a uniform, the military. It represents to them strong, big, take me, uh, make me lose my mind. Uh, just it's an animal instinct that it, that it invokes in women. And I, and I would say 90% of the women that I've spoken to, again, this is my experience and my research, that's the number one fantasy. And if you go anywhere and they've got firemen, um, they take pictures. They want to stand next to that guy with, with a smooth chest and his suspenders, and he's, they just go nuts. I've watched them go nuts, stand in line to pay to have their picture taken with them. And the same when uh, dancers for bridal showers. They're cops or they're firemen. That's what they are, and they go crazy. I think that, that, that's, some, that's a fantasy women have. And when it comes to a dance or a show, mm-hmm. Chippendales, that turns them on. I think it's what the costume represents. It represents, Absolutely. like you were saying, Emmy, it's it's about the strength and the confidence and that you're going to take charge and swoop them off their feet. And, you know, it takes a lot of skill and a lot of guts to be a, a man in a uniform, to do the, the harrowing jobs that they have to perform day in and day out. So... You know, at our very core, at our biological core, we ultimately want a guy who can bring us to safety from danger or a threat or something of that nature. So, yeah, that's what that costuming represents. And that's that core. You're absolutely right, Linda. It's something deep within us. John, do you think the guys are down for uh, putting on their best fireman uh, outfit or what do you say to that? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I know I am. I, I mean, I, I get into all that stuff. I, I think it, it's a, I think that the most important thing is yeah. like if you're having sex with somebody, especially when you guys get comfortable, it's, you've been in a relationship for a while. Mm-hmm. You got to keep it fun. <laughs> you know, when, when you first um, have sex with a woman, there's the anticipation, there's the build up. And, and that's why sex at first is so great. And then you get into the routine. And then that's when you need to start introducing different things. And keep it fun, keep it interesting, keep the lines of communication open, and just—I mean, overall—you just want to have—you want to have fun with your partner, and and absolutely, you know, get the fireman costume out, get the cop costume out, uh, you Amen. Know, get a Batman costume, whatever, you know, and talk about fantasies, talk about scenarios, you know, just make it happen. You know, it's uh, it's the 21st century. We can we can talk about this this stuff openly. It's not illegal anymore, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, John, and if you don't, and if you don't have a costume at the ready, hell, just throw her over your shoulder like a caveman. She, yeah, she exactly, most women yeah. love mm-hmm. that. Yes, they do. Drag yeah. her to the bedroom. You know, yeah. just you know, just t- take her. Basically, yeah. take her. Take take her oh, over. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. That's the number one fantasy of women is being taken. Absolutely. But, John, I did want to say, you sound like a very smart young man. And I I find that kindness, kindness to a woman, whether you're married or not, if you've got five kids or not, doesn't matter, is a tremendous aphrodisiac. Just the little things make such a huge difference in how a woman feels. So, John, what do you think uh, um, guys can do to drop their notions that, 
you know, sometimes it's just a misfire of communications. You sort of have to be very open and receptive to where she's taking the conversation so she feels safe enough to talk to you about sex. So, well, okay. you know, like like uh, we were saying earlier, oh, all guys know how to change a light bulb or fix the car or whatever. Right. You know, they have to drop those notions that they really don't know everything that's going on with her. Well, okay. I, I think that, yeah, absolutely guys need to drop those notions that they because there's no way to know what's going on in another person's head. And also, I, I think that in a, a great deal of what's happening with men in America these days is mm-hmm. they're kind of caught between this. Um, they have to be somewhere, they have to be the sensitive guy, they got to be, you know, they have to come second to the women, women's rights are taken over, and, and that that can affect the men's psyche in a way, whereas with, within a relationship, a woman wants a man to act like a man, but society is like, no, we don't want you, you know, don't be this testosterone-fueled, uh, aggressive Neanderthal. So men are trying to balance what society expects from them and what their woman expects from them, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. So so I think that men absolutely need to be able to communicate with their woman and how they can open up. I think, again, it it all depends on the woman. I think it's about listening to what they have to say, and you have to make your woman feel comfortable about opening up with you about sex because I think very often – the act of sex is fairly easy between a man and a woman, but talking about it is where it gets kind of weird, you know, and, and, and that's, we, we need to just get over the weirdness. It's like, as soon as we start talking about it, I think it'll become more, uh, it'll become easier and easier and easier to talk about. And then you'll get to know your woman better and you'll get to know your man better and so on and so forth. Absolutely. And I think a lot of guys uh, today, a lot of women today, they're kind of taking the aggressive stance. They're, they're being, oh, let's just have sex just like a guy. And mm-hmm. what I'm hearing a lot from guys today is that they really don't like, like that because it's like if I'm the aggressor and you're the aggressor, that's like a turnoff. Like one of us have to have to yield and be submissive for the, mm-hmm. this partnership to work. What right. do you guys think about that? I, I think that's I, – I see that a lot. I do see a lot more aggressiveness in, in women, and um, it, it can be a bit of a turnoff, but at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that that I can't be the aggressor as well. Um, Absolutely. I, I think women, because of their place in society now, they are, are expected to be the deal-makers and the breadwinners just as well as the men are, so they are taking on these roles as well. But – um, it, it's and and I don't take this the wrong way because it's going to sound wrong the way I say it. But uh, it's sometimes in a relationship and in the bedroom, you need to put the woman into her place and be like, "I'm the man. This is my show. I'm the aggressor." And, and I think that that resonates a lot when you're in a relationship with somebody. Not not in the household, you know. So it's like, so I don't want a whole bunch of feminists hating me right now, but but you know that that's what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Emily, do you have any comments on that subject? Well, you know, it, it, it's what, yes. I think women are, I think especially the, the millennials that are coming up and they're asking for what they want. They go after what they want. I think he's got a very good point. But then again, um, we have to communicate those things. And I have had men say to me, I wish she would take the initiative once in a while. It seems like I have to do it. If I don't do it, nothing happens. And they want to know, they want to be wanted. I think men want to know that they are desired by their women. And so that leads into the women being a little more aggressive, asking for what. You know, I know she can't throw him over her shoulder, but uh, there's other things she can do, you know. There's a lot right. she can do. I don't think that we have enough time on the show, but uh, <laughs> John has a very good point. Also, I think I, I think we all have very good points. Awesome. Well, maybe she can start with the aggressiveness and then sort of back down from that after a few minutes. Like not uh-huh. be the aggressor like the whole session, 
um, you know, unless that's something that they agreed upon. You know, some people, some couples like that dominatrix kind of thing. So if you yes, both are do. in agreement, fine, take it, take it to that level. But I know a lot of guys say, oh, I'm just going to lose my interest if she's just going to be the man the whole time. Um, that's a point to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Turns out that we have uh, another caller on hold. His name is uh, Jim from California. Welcome, Jim. Hello. Jim, are you there? Yes. Great. Welcome to the show. You're on with uh, Emmy. Uh, Emmy Sims, my guest. Do you have a question or comment for us? Uh, well, a few. I, I actually uh, listened uh, to the show, uh, a few commentaries uh, from what the uh, expert Emmy had mentioned. Uh, well, first of all, as far as the health care aspect, as far as uh, men's sexual health and women's sexual health, uh, even from the government standpoint, women uh, receive far more uh, extensive uh, medical research, medical health, uh, to include sexual. Um, the, the other aspect, you, you had mentioned about uh, dating and how men need to pick up on the vibes or, you know, or uh, contemplating about with women. And what I've noticed uh, as a 53-year-old man, just dealing with this stuff on my own and many others, and yes, I was in the military when I was younger, uh, uh, women do not talk about sex openly. Uh, what they do is they give gestures and they make themselves open uh, to that male subject that they're interested to. And if he does not respond to that, the mm -hmm. woman gets upset. It can go as far as the woman getting very irate and throwing things. And and I'm not, I'm not saying that's every case and measure, but that's what I've experienced. And most other guys that I talk to, what they go through. Um, as far as communicating sex, that that does seem kind of like a taboo subject in the room. Another aspect is, uh, as far as costumes and whatnot, uh, relating to the workforce, mm -hmm. what, what we do see is that women look upon men for financial security, financial support. They look, mm -hmm. uh, they look at it as the fact that... You, you know, it, it's not the dress-up that matters. It's what he really does. And if he doesn't have a job or a career or if he doesn't have ambition to excel, to have a career, a, a lot of women, I, I, I don't want to sit there and put all women in one batch here. Um, that makes me sound biased, but I'll take the punch. It's okay. Uh, and I'm just a caller. The thing is, is most women look for men as that financial supporter and not so much about the costume. The, com the costume part could be, yeah, fun. It could be role play. Uh, but as far as, like, uh, taking a woman up, dragging her off into the room, mm -hmm. well, men have to be careful about that. And what I have not heard about is uh, when a man does initiate things, he has a few things hovering over his head being charged with rape, consent, and the domestic violence industry. Because if he does something to where she doesn't like, or the next day if she doesn't like, she all she has to do is just pick up the phone, call police, and he is arrested, and there is no due process. So when that man gets hauled off into jail, uh, he may have a 15-minute phone call to get an attorney, uh, but that's it. And sure enough, if he is labeled as being a rapist, well, he can kiss his job goodbye. He could kiss that career. Never mind the costume setup, because uh, that's going to be lost too. Uh, his community, and, and if it's publicized or if it's in the media or if it makes the news or even in the press, or I mean, anybody talks about it, he's finished. I mean, nobody in the community is going to like him. And so this could really steamroll. And I'm just using that as an example. But, you know, a guy has, I mean, a guy is on eggshells. He has to watch what he says, watch what he does. And if a girl comes on to him, he doesn't, uh, a lot of guys are just, well, okay. You know, a lot of guys are confused. 
uh, they don't know what to do. And especially in... uh, Jim, I'm sorry. I'm so glad you're bringing up this topic because we actually talked about this topic a little bit on last week's program that Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, 20-something-year-old women today have what's called a rape culture mentality that even though they might have... Um, you know, entered into the sexual act willingly and knowingly, you know what, tomorrow, next week, or six months from now, what's to prevent her from crying rape? You know, a lot of these young women, they have brainwashed them that everything is rape. You know, any entry is rape. So um, I'm actually going to bring, I've asked my um, attorney, Michael Brown. Uh, He's a uh, support, longtime fan and supporter of our show and and sponsor. Um, I've asked him to come on to address this because I know a lot of young men today have this concern. How can they protect themselves legally from this rape culture that is going on? Uh, Michael, welcome to the program. Michael, are Hello? you there? Hello? Michael, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you so much, Linda. Nice to speak to you again. Same here. I hope you were, were you able to hear what I just said uh, while you were on hold? Yes, I was, and I okay. agree wholeheartedly with it. Perfect timing because I have Jim on the line, and we were talking earlier in the program about how fun it is to get up and dress up in costumes and you know the the uh, uniform outfits for the guys and pro- probably something frilly like a French maid costume for for the girls you know this this that and the other and he uh, is voicing some concerns, which is also the reason why I brought you back on today 's show. How can a young man prevent um, and avoid having the girl crying rape when really there is no rape. Well, that's a that's a very difficult uh, situation um, unless you have them sign a consent form and videotape the entire uh, encounter. Um, you're always going to be subject to a he said she said scenario. And mm-hmm. when I was at the public defender's office. Uh, in Ventura County many years ago, um, we had several cases in uh, situations where we were able to convince the prosecutors that uh, the rape case was being made up as retaliation uh, against individuals. Uh, And it might not even be retaliation against this guy that she just had sex with. It might be in retaliation to a former boyfriend that she's T.O.'d about. Or, in some scenarios, a situation where she may have cheated on a boyfriend and feels guilty and feels that unless she uh, describes it as rape, that the boyfriend will then leave her. And I happen to know personally of a situation where um, a woman uh, slept with a gentleman while she was engaged to actually a military man. He was off. And um, afterwards... I mean, almost immediately afterwards, she regretted it. And then a week later, it was like, well, he um, he duped me into it. And within a month, she was saying she had been raped. Wow. And, and I had seen it from the very beginning. Um, you know, I was there when they actually walked into the, went into the room together and, and such. So, um, you know, this isn't my conjecture. It's, it's what I've actually seen. And she truly believed she had convinced herself that she had been raped. Wow. Such and an unfortunate set of circumstances. I mean, if it, if it all comes out that way in court, she should be the one that's going to jail, not him, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so let's address those two things from last week because it was my suggestion uh, from last week that, you know, maybe the guy get a signed disclosure. You know that I've had less than two drinks. Um, I have a. I am of sound mind and sound body. I know what I'm getting into, and I consent to sex. Right. Well, they've already. That, that was my suggestion. Yeah, they've already instituted that at several college campuses. Um, wow. To avoid date rape, they basically both parties have to uh, sign a document before they consummate uh, any type of relationship, whether it's a one nighter or not. Otherwise. Uh, they're eligible to be kicked off campus. Wow. 
Yeah, and I was saying last week that if um, for for most female bodies, um, two drinks is probably the legal limit. If you get into three drinks or more, I'm advising our guys to not go to bed with her. I mean, if she's had five drinks already, she's clearly drunk, and she who knows what she's going to say tomorrow. Absolutely. Well, the thing the thing that surprises me is is that many times there are situations where. Men and women are sitting at a bar talking. They're both imbibing alcohol, and they both have had three drinks, and they're both drunk. And they decide to go home, and yet it's the woman who gets to uh, claim rape. He's saying so she would that, I know it's 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 very one-sided, and a guy really has to be careful today. So, would that doc, signing that document would that um, help his case if this were to ever go to trial? Absolutely. Um, that's good, Linda. To hear. Yeah, Linda, I, you and I had, uh, spoke briefly about this. Uh, uh, some of your listeners may recall the uh, rock and roll singer um, Chuck Berry. Oh yeah. uh, yes. Yeah, he was arrested uh, once for violation of the Mann Act. And the Mann Act was an old statute that basically said that if you take a woman across state lines for immoral purposes, i.e. sleep with her, whether yeah. it was cons- consenting or not, um, it was a criminal act. And Chuck Berry actually went to jail for that. Wow. And so after that, um, it was his policy. Uh, to basically uh, verify everyone's ID and have a naked photo taken with it so that there was no question about morality or improper or whether or not they knew, all those things. Now, I have no idea whether or not he was uh, diligent in having everyone. I have no idea if he continued it for two years or 20 years. But it does show that, especially in the celebrity world, uh, many times uh, they have been taking these proactive steps. Now it's a question as to whether or not the regular guy needs to take those steps as well. Right. Let's address quickly the other um, suggestion that my caller gave last week. And I said, hold on, let me run it by Michael to see if this is legit, because I don't think it's legit. His advice was just record her. So can you make an audio or a video recording without their knowledge? And he said you could because it's in your own home. Uh, That's not correct. Uh, I don't the think mere it's fact, either. Yeah. The mere <laughs> Let's fact set the record straight on that. The mere fact that you're in your own home or using your own phone does not give you the right to unilaterally uh, record anyone. Uh, it, California is a two-party state, which requires consent of both parties for any recordings. Now, what you can do is, you know, you can post a sign. Uh, at your front door, you know, by entering this house. Just much like a business, like when you go into the donut shop, it says, you know, you have been warned that you might be videotaped. Yeah, you're under surveillance. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Pretty scary stuff these days, I tell you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, there is, it's it's, it's a two-edged sword because if you videotape it, that, provide you with a certain amount of protection, but then you have to worry about someone who might misuse that, and then you've got the Revenge Act here in California that says you can't use nude photos or videos to damage someone or to embarrass someone. Right. I guess you could have a disclosure. I mean, rather than doing it on the down low, just have a disclosure Mm -hmm. that, you know, you might be videotaped or you might be recorded. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just letting you know this before we go to the bedroom. Yeah. I mean, Emmy, can you believe that this is what this world has come to these days? No. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's too bad that we don't um, start a relationship with communication before we start a relationship in the bedroom. True. You know, so you get to know who the person is, and you get to see if you even like that person before you take him to the mm-hmm. bedroom. Absolutely. Well, you, but yeah, I'm kind of old-fashioned. I've become old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. Well, you find out that there is some legitimate justification for those old-fashioned values. Yes. Up to about probably 40 years ago, 
prior to 1970, in many states, you could not be convicted of raping your wife. That's so That's you know it's it's the pendulum. Now, basically, anything and everything can be misconstrued as rape. I mean, I think uh, what Bill Cosby has been alleged to have done is a horrible thing. But to have women from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s now coming forward, um, you know, that's very scary because all the evidence has been lost. Uh, You only have a he said, she said scenario. That's correct. People, especially when it comes to celebrities, love to think the worst. And I'm not defending Bill Cosby. I have no idea. Um, But, you know, everybody can jump on that bandwagon. Heck, I could come forward and say, you know, he attacked me. And I have just as much evidence as, you know, many of the other um, people who are making the allegation. So do you think there should be a statute on rape? There is. There is on the criminal, but not on the civil uh, well, oh. there is on the civil somewhat, because most of these people are not trying to get Bill Cosby put in jail. They're trying to get money. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, we're up to a count of 60, 60 women these days. Mm-hmm. It's not like six. It's like 60. Holy cow. Hmm. And I mean, not I personally... to say that it didn't happen, but like you say, to be discussing this decades later, like I don't know what made them not discuss it at the height of his popularity, which was during the Cosby show. Right. Um, it, I mean, my personal viewpoint is if a woman is truly raped, uh, which happens, date rape, whatever you want to call it, it's, um, and she doesn't come forward, mm-hmm. um, if that guy continues to rape, she, in my opinion, she shares part of the blame. Um, because had the first person prosecuted Bill Cosby, um, I don't think there would be as many victims as there are coming forward. Right. I agree with you. Well, uh-huh. can I just, I'd like to say one thing about the 70s. That was drugs, sex, and rock and roll. And if you listen to any of these celebrities, it was just like a huge orgy during that time. And I, I agree with Jim when you look at all that time that has passed, all the evidence that is lost, it, it, it makes me suspicious. That's all. And one mm-hmm. person said something, and all of a sudden we had a barrage of women that some were back and forth to their home and spent Christmas. It just... It, it just boggles my mind. I, I can't make a judgment call on it at all. There's too much mm-hmm. information missing. Absolutely. Well, and thank you. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I think the evidence is clear over the decades, the last three decades at least, uh, the number of rape cases that have been at, overturned when the actual rape victim has recanted. That's and correct said, also. I did this. I did this because I was 17 and my, you know, I was afraid of my father. I did this because I was afraid my boyfriend would, you know, break up with me. Um, There are multiple incidences of that. Now, are those a lot? No. I I suspect that many of the claims of rape are are valid. Yes. Um, But um, it can't be used as a bargaining chip or a leverage by the part of anyone uh, to get back at someone else. And and I think the pendulum has swung a little bit too far. Agreed. Agreed. Wow. Is there any accountability for those women who have come forward and say said that they made their claims based on XYZ person over here that had nothing to do with the, uh, with the defendant? Meaning their dad or their... their you know, religion or they're, you know, I'm mm-hmm. afraid of my boyfriend getting mad at me or whatever that I cheated. Yeah. Is there any accountability, any uh, harm done to those women by lying? Well, of course, they've, uh, they've committed perjury. And then it's up to the prosecutor 
uh, to determine whether or not to bring forth charges. Some have, some haven't. In addition, of course, there is also civil liability because they have perpetuated, perpetuated, excuse me, perpetuated, traded a uh, fraud on the court, and uh, the person has been damaged by it. So he can sue for recovery of probably millions of dollars, if the person even has it. But, um, yeah, there is liability, but you don't really hear that much about the liability, and that's what scares me is that people can think they can make stuff up and just say, oops, sorry, I was wrong later, and everything would be okay. Yeah, I hate that. If you've just joined us, you're currently listening to Michael W. Brown, our friend to the show. I will post his uh, information on my Facebook fan page uh, in a little bit just after the show. Contact him with uh, uh, any legal question that you might have. Um, He's great at business law. If you're uh, starting up a a business or continuing a business or basically have any contract that you need to execute, he is your guy. Thank you, Michael, for joining our show. I want to get back to Emmy really quickly. Um, Thank you again to our callers, John from Boston and Jim from Los Angeles. I just wanted to say uh, thank you again for making that call. Jim, I do agree with you with regard to the the dress up that a lot of time uh, a lot of times the women are uh, looking at the guy's ambition level to see if she wants to get in a relationship with you or get or have sex with you um, yes yeah, so anyway next week join us um, after a long two-year battle the shared parenting bill gets passed in Missouri I'm having the honorable uh, representative Kathy Swan on next week's show um, that's going to be uh, next Wednesday. 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's August 17. You won't want to miss that show. Thank you very much, Emmy, for joining us today. Uh, Catch her book and find out more about her from my Facebook fan page. I look forward to seeing you next time on The Men's Advocate Show. 